Ricky, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about how music performance anxiety has manifested in your musical life, particularly in your younger years. Um, so if we're talking about younger years, um, I want to acknowledge first that I, I definitely grew up during a time and, and context where we didn't talk about mental health much, mm. especially in the music context. But yes, now looking back, I definitely see um, some symptoms of performance anxiety that mm-hmm. existed during that time. For me personally, it definitely came from a fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I really struggled to come to terms with um, making mistakes. Yes, yeah. Uh, and generally viewing the performance as a as a whole. Mm. Being able to view, view it as a small part of the bigger picture or journey. And it often manifested as this constant grey clout that existed above me mm. um, upon the thought of performing uh, and resulted in uh, the avoidance of hesitation yes. towards performances, even though at heart I enjoy performing and mm. that's the reason why I was playing the violin. So that's kind of a bit of an insight into into my yeah. experience. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and I also really relate to just that that fear of making mistakes mm. and not being able to see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, when you mentioned that grey cloud, it really reminded me of the like impending doom that I would feel when mm. I in the run up to performance, like the week before. Definitely. Uh, I was just so like, wanting to get it over with, especially like exams and just solo performances in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and listeners, I imagine, might have similar experiences to varying extents. And today we'll be looking at some of the root causes of music performance anxiety, um, as it's really important to address quite early on um, and spot these things as teachers, as parents, um, or just as young people, um, so that this kind of anxiety can be prevented from an early age in our musical journey and really set us up well for the journey ahead. Great. Yeah, let's dive right in, I think. Yeah, no, I'm ready to go. This is the Practice Project podcast from Encoder, your trusted digital sheet music library. Welcome to episode 16, as we once again bring you actionable academic insights into music practice and performance. Today, we're exploring a very important aspect of musicianship, Music Performance Anxiety, or MPA. MPA has been tackled by contemporary researchers with some obstacles, largely because of the difficulties with identifying it and also treating it once it's been identified. However, much of the research in this area has focused primarily on adult musicians. So today we'll be drawing on insights from a 2006 research paper by Diana Kenny and Margaret Osborne called Music Performance Anxiety, New Insights from Young Musicians. As a condition, MPA sits at the convergence of music, psychology, health and well-being, which, despite the amount of recent research, still makes it a complicated condition to study, understand and treat. And sadly, there are many musicians whose performance and prospects have been impaired by MPA. At its worst, it can be a persistent, severe and disabling condition, which is difficult to treat. But the key message to take from today's episode is that by identifying and addressing symptoms of MPA early on, we can take early preventative measures and help mitigate its development in students and young musicians. 
So what is the psychological phenomenon known as MPA? Music performance anxiety, or MPA, is a complex condition that affects musicians all over the world and at every stage of their musical journey. It can often begin early on in the careers of young musicians. Many young, confident performers can transition into anxious adolescent musicians. And this transition is usually caused by many different factors. Temperament, cognitive capacity, self-perception and reflection, parenting, uh, technical skill and specific performance experiences, to name just a few. Some or all of these things can combine in a number of different ways to have a positive or negative impact on how younger musicians develop as performers. But interestingly, younger sufferers of MPA do often display many of the same characteristics as older, more experienced performers who also suffer from the condition. And this was very much the catalyst for Kenny and Osborne's work. They sought to identify the onset of symptoms in adolescent musicians and to determine whether adopting early preventative measures can ward off mature MPA at the pass. Central to Kenny and Osborne's study was the identification of three key interacting factors that tend to cause MPA. Negative thoughts, changes in autonomic arousal, and the quest for perfectionism. Let's break each of these down a little. In simple terms, MPA can have a huge effect on how we think and how we feel about performing our music. And negative thoughts in particular play a huge role This is pretty much the tendency for musicians with high MPA to consistently fear negative evaluation or criticism. And not only that, they also then start to fear the likelihood and the consequences of such negative evaluation or criticism, all of which can lead to performance disruption. MPA also manifests itself in changes to your autonomic nervous system, the network of nerves in your body that control unconscious processes like your breathing and your heartbeat. So young musicians suffering from NPA might increasingly experience, for example, an elevated heart rate or shortness of breath, or both, before they perform or during a performance. The work by Kenny and Osborne also highlights the role played by perfectionism in NPA and how this tends to manifest specifically in adolescence. They point out definitions of anxiety, a sense of uncontrollability because one is unable to obtain desired results or outcomes, is very similar to definitions of perfectionism. Excessive concern over making mistakes, perception of high parental expectations or criticism, and the doubting of the quality of one's actions. As we know, musical performances require a combination of many different skills, including fine motor abilities, focus, memory, and interpretive skills. And as a result, the pursuit of musical excellence can strongly encourage perfectionism, which other research has shown has the potential to lead to debilitating anxiety. Although they acknowledge that further investigation in this area is needed, Kenny and Osborne suggest that striving for perfection correlates strongly with experiencing MPA. Before we look at the conclusions drawn by Kenny and Osborne on how to prevent and treat MPA, time for a brief word from our colleague Mike. Hi. I'm Mike Newman, ENCODA's Institutional Partnerships Director. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Practice Project Podcast. You can make your practice even more effective with an ENCODA subscription. You'll get access to over 110,000 titles from renowned publishers, advanced annotation tools, and much more. So, subscribe today and enhance your musical journey with ENCODA. 
To recap, there are various different but interrelated factors that can cause music performance anxiety to develop and become more acute among younger musicians. Negative mindsets, uh, changes to how their unconscious nervous system operate in performance scenarios, and the search for perfection can all contribute to MPA. Other factors might also include audience size, the perceived importance of performances, and of course, individual predispositions or traits among younger performers. But because the experiences of young musicians suffering from MPA align very closely with those of adult sufferers, Kenny and Osborne strongly advocate for swift action in addressing MPA from the outset. This proactive approach aims to curb the effects of the problem before it firmly establishes itself. Teachers, therefore, play an integral role in this. They're encouraged to be vigilant and to watch out for attitudes to practice and performance among their students that are the hallmarks of MPA. For instance, a student might express thoughts like, if I make the slightest mistake, they'll think I'm incompetent, or the audience expects me to play a higher standard than I can play and they'll be disappointed in me. Whereas encouraging a much healthier outlook on learning and performance before such attitudes can take hold uh, can help prevent MPA from setting in further down the line. For example, practicing realistic self-appraisals like, I'm bound to make a few mistakes, but so does everyone can make a huge difference over time to change how we approach performance for the long term. To sum up then, recent advances in theorising about and measuring MPA in children and adolescents have increased our broad understanding of the condition within young musicians. But there are still gaps in this knowledge, especially around how exactly MPA develops. So more longitudinal studies are needed, as are treatment outcome studies to determine how best to assist young musicians with MPA once it's been identified. As musicians and educators, a better understanding of MPA, and in particular being able to identify and address it early, can make a substantial difference, and so should inform our approach to practice and performance. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to this episode of the Practice Project Podcast. Please practice smart, stay healthy, and also rate, review, and subscribe if you can. Thank you. <laughs>